My name is Richardson. I'm a software developer and YouTuber. And I'm Sayla, an actress and production designer. And you're listening to 5050 Tech Flicks with Sayla and Richie. Happy to be back here with my favorite text fixers. Hey guys, so today we're talking about Shyin, um, which is an app, and it's actually been dubbed the TikTok of e-commerce. And we're going to dissect this app and see what it's all about, because it's actually quite mysterious. A lot of people don't know what it is, and they've never heard of it, yet it's everywhere, and it's like beating by a long shot a lot of the major apps. So Shein is the TikTok of e-commerce, and it's a title from an article we read on notboring.com, a publication by Machu Brinen. It's a China-focused internet analyst who dubbed the app the TikTok of e-commerce. So we're going to talk about it and figure out why and how it got that name in the first place. But what is Shein? Is that how we pronounce it, Shein? I'm pretty sure it's Shein. Um, there wasn't like an audio button that I could push to see how it was really pronounced. But what I gathered from what I read is Shein. The name actually came from the previous name, Shein inside yeah so it makes sense it was Shein. but when i first read it i thought it was shine me too i think actually sheen sounds good yeah Shein sounds good and right? like when i read shine in my head i actually never said it out loud until now so it's like in my head it's shine still but i have to consciously say Shein. the company is very interesting and very secret it was created by a guy by the name of chris Zhu? I don't know how to pronounce XU in, in Chinese. I forgot. I think it's true. But it's a Chinese company and it's apparently one of the most downloaded app in the US. Just right along Amazon, it was actually number one in the app store. Which is crazy because Amazon, especially these days in this past year, has been going bonkers as far as sales goes. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know that, but Chinese companies actually are way more advanced than American companies and the West in general with mobile e-commerce. They have such an advantage in developing e-commerce consumer experience that we don't know. Yeah, because this is like all new for us, but they've been doing this for ages. Like basically yeah. everything you buy in China is on apps. You remember when we went to China and we used that app uh, WeChat? Yeah. And you could literally do almost anything on it. Yes, there's a lot of innovation in the e-commerce space in China. Obviously, you know, from Alibaba to Pinjodio to Meituan, Dianpin. It originally was like a Groupon clone that evolved into being an Amazon of services. So there's quite a lot of innovation there. And I think what she did was taking advantage of that knowledge that China has with consumer e-commerce and apply it to the rest of the world. China actually doesn't even have Cheyenne in China. They don't use it. It's for them, Cheyenne, even though it's cheap for us, it's, it's like just an average app for them. The company itself is not trying to promote it to a Chinese audience. The Chinese market is not the target market because the whole premise is that they're selling clothes cheaper to a market where clothes tend to be more expensive. For example, the business actually became really successful from selling wedding dresses. And in the US, the average price for wedding dresses is like $1,200. Yeah. And when they started, they were selling dresses for like 200 bucks. 200 bucks, right? That kind of pricing will make sense to a US audience, but I don't think it will work on the Chinese market because it will have way too much competition. Yeah, it's not as appealing. And also, like, because of all the fast fashion that's going on, um, I've heard that it's actually even faster. So their whole concept is to take an idea and execute and design it and make it and replicate it and send it out in three business days which is absolute insanity 
and they rely a lot on algorithms and what the users are like tending towards and attracted to. For the audience to understand kind of like how it works, you have to imagine like a pyramid. So at the bottom of the pyramid, you have what we know today has fast fashion created by Engitex, which is a Spanish fashion conglomerate created by Armencio Ortega, the owner of Zara. And Engitex is actually the parent company of Zara. And they created that, that concept of fast fashion, which essentially was cutting the middleman and selling garments generally to consumers. So saving on costs and delivering clothes from design to the store in three weeks. And that was kind of like the beginning of this whole space. And then he actually inspired a lot of other companies to do the same. For example, he forced some brands such as Gap and H&M and Uniqlo to pivot into fast fashion and also inspired companies like Fashion Nova and ASOS to do the same thing. From there, we went from fast fashion to ultra fashion. So again, like try to imagine a pyramid. As we're going to the top of the pyramid, it's getting more and more efficient. At the bottom of the pyramid, you have fast fashion and then we got into ultra fashion, direct to consumer. And finally now, we're getting to the point where we have real-time fashion which is a category that actually she in created. Fast fashion, what they'll do is they'll watch a runway show. So the 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 elite of the designers, they have a, a runway show and they show their collection and literally they will rip those ideas off and they will get to work. And in three weeks, those concepts and designs will be in stores, right? That's yeah. like the prime premise of Zara. But this one, they don't even rely on fashion shows. They're like literally scouring the internet and seeing what everybody's clicking on, what they're attracted to, is lace in, is white in, is floral in, is mini skirts in, is what everything and they are literally coming up with algorithm designs it's crazy so they then like shoot this information off to their employees and their designers and they come up with the trendiest of the trend most in now in time designs is crazy they essentially took what zara and gtex were doing with fast fashion and they adapted it to, to a digital age. For example, in, in today's age, you have like A-B testing, big data, AI algorithm, computer vision, and automated supply chain cloud software system. So Chine took exactly what those other companies were doing and it just digitized the entire production process. So that means that Shine now is doing the A-B testing with massive number of product on a daily basis. And then they update orders number across a hundred of factory floors in real time based on website and in-app user behavior. They also plug directly into the competitor's website and use Google Trend to find out what's the next fashion trend going on in the market. They literally utilize all those things that you will do for like a typical like application, but then it's directly connected to the factory floor. And while I was doing this research, I was trying to figure out like how did they do that because in order for you to have a fully implemented system you need a front end and you need a back end right so the front end is them doing the marketing and then the research and figuring out what's the trend and what to send to the back end and in the back end you need to kind of track things as well so apparently what they end up doing they reach out to a bunch of different factories and garment company and they told them we will work with you in one condition that you use our software and their software was essentially for supply chain. So they're like, as long as you use your software, we will work with you and we'll take care of doing prototyping. Prototyping is usually a really high cost in fashion. You know, those companies don't really usually have trade secret. You know what I mean? They're doing garment. It's not like it's a very unique it's, thing. It's pretty hands-on and it's very like it's, yeah, manufacturing and creating, right? Exactly. So just in the span of a couple like years now, they were able to have all those factories that work with them use their software, which allowed them to track performance, you know, like have analytics and so on. And now they have an entire system that is connected on the front end and the back end. So they have all this amount of data 
that allowed them to in one instant figure out what's happening on the web, what's the new trend, and tell the factory to quickly create the prototype. And in three days, you have it on the marketplace. It's insane. It's all transparent. So they know exactly what all their manufacturers are making, what they're doing, exactly when and where they're getting everything. So they can use that data as well. You know how Zara has like a, a physical store, they, they have a warehouse. They, they're not dealing with that because they're selling their item directly to consumer. So you leave the factory in China and directly goes to a customer in the US. They'll have a whole variation of sizes and colors, but they don't make too many prototypes until they notice a trend and people like are clicking on it if they put it in their baskets or in, it's like on a favorite. They notice that and they monitor it. And then once they notice people are getting excited about an item, then they'll they'll put in another order. Yes, but it's all done automatically, which is even crazier. It's, it's not so just crazy. one person monitoring the thing. The algorithm is seeing the behavior on the website, tracking performance of an item. And if the item get a lot of performances, then you automatically notify the factory, you need to create more products. And then they create more products and then more customer order and they ship it. It's efficiency at a different scale. Like as far as like ethical reasoning, why I'm not like such a fan of this concept. It's absolutely fascinating. But the amount of clothing and junk and excess waste and, and not the best quality of stuff. Like it's I've heard that it's decent quality and it's like good enough. But you're only going to wear a few times then it's going to go in the the garbage bin which is such a waste right i truly find that it's much more efficient than zara because zara is kind of like looking at the trend and they're making a bunch of clothes but they don't necessarily know how many people are actually going to need those clothes i have a feeling right. zara creates more waste yeah than... way more waste than them well what they're doing they see a trend with the data and they notice that a lot of people are ordering this item. They can make estimate. They can make sure that they factory produce the exact number of items necessary. And then they put it on the marketplace. And I agree to a point because there is one thing where I'm like a little bit like, ah, so they don't make as many prototypes and there's not until they know it's popular, but they are making way more options than anybody else in the whole freaking other world. Like they, there's options galore. Like you can do anything, anything you can dream of. You can Google anything and all of a sudden it just pops right up. Like not Google, but you can search. On the app. On their app. So there is a lot of stuff. What was your experience with the app? Because a lot of people online, when you go on Twitter, they're all saying, oh my God, I'm so addicted to Shein. I'm just curious, like what's your, what's, what's your first impression? I think it's definitely catered to women. And that's another thing that I wanted to talk about was that it's very, they were very niche. I know it's broad spectrum niche, but it's like women. And now like they've recently brought on like home home decor and all that kind of stuff um Makeup, today yeah. yeah today i was like looking for the first time on shein and it was like i was pretty impressed it was like very easy to navigate it was easy to get around you can just search something like for example i've been wanting to get little yellow bathroom rugs for our bathroom and it's hard to find the specific color and i googled yellow bathroom rug and it popped up the exact one that I want, so I think I'm gonna get it. It's like eight dollars. Wow. Well, they actually have filters. They have like colors filters. I know a lot of fashion websites have that. This is not necessarily unique, but they do have a really, really good filter. And then one thing that I like on the app is that it literally shows me the delivery. You know, like sometimes when you want to buy a product, maybe they worry that you're gonna be worried about delivery costs or something like that. So they only necessarily show you the cost until you get to the checkout page. But on this one, as you're browsing the product and clicking on them, on the right corner, on the desktop experience, not on the phone, you can actually see the delivery schedule, like, like how long it will take to arrive, 
how much it might cost. That's something that I thought was really, really cool on the app. And then the other thing that I love when I first logged in was the pop-up that they have that incentivized me to get a coupon in order to sign in. Yeah, like it kind of lets you know what you're getting into. If you're like, if you spend $79, you'll get 10% off. If you spend yeah. $139, you'll get 15% off and yada, yada. And you're like, oh, wow, okay. But then I X'd it because I was like, I don't even want to get pulled into this. I just want to get back to the basics and see what this app's about, right? Yeah, and then if you buy something, then you're like, oh, no, well, I'm actually like $20 away from getting the upgraded percentage off. And then so you're like add another item into your cart yeah until right? you get discount that percentage. right and also they give you options and they show pretty clearly like the delivery like the standard or the express i did however read in a review that one woman she purchased an amount that automatically upgraded her to express delivery but and it didn't work she it did but she didn't have the choice but anyhow oh. it it charged her custom taxes because of the express delivery and so it like upped her price a, a whole lot more than she was expecting and wanted and if she had known she would have just chosen standard but there wasn't that option okay but i think custom price isn't it based on your country right for example if you pick like us or canada you're gonna pay the custom because they like local i taxes. guess but because it was express it like kind of like is a shoe in for custom or extra taxes or whatever at the border oh, whereas okay. if it's standard i don't know why i think it was probably she had to pay like an extra fees to get it express because it's shipped it was like um, an extra chunk, like 35 yeah. bucks. So it was, you know, when you think you're saving money and then it's sort of, yeah, it's just something to think about. So it's not all like, like obviously customs has nothing to do with it, but you have to be warned for that, right? I did hear some bad thing about the shipping sometime. I heard that they do a, a free shipping on your first order, but then I've heard some people complaining about the shipping, but I didn't see enough like complaint to actually see it being super relevant. I don't know if you noticed on the site, but when I go on the website and I'm shopping for stuff, I'm always very, very curious about sizes. Oftentimes I see that they don't have my size. And I was really surprised because <laughs> these sizes actually go all the way to 5XL. I was like, I've never even seen 5XL. Have you seen that before? No, I actually haven't investigated this, but I did notice that because it's like 0XL to 5XL. And there's no like small, medium or large that I can see. So I was wondering in my brain, I didn't investigate if that's just their sizing. Like it's just like you can are zero, one, two, three, four. And you have to look what the equivalent of that is because they do give measurements. So based on your measurements, you have to look which matches the best. And that's just not a standard worldwide way it's of not. like showing what size it is. But. I'll work with it. Well, my first impression was, is that like Asian size? Because I don't, you remember when we went to Japan and I was asking for like large and it was Nothing like a small. Fit. Yeah, yeah. No, XXL large was like a, they didn't Medium. even have, yeah, no, like a small. Like yeah. we went to Japan, which has the most amazing, Clothes. fun fashion and clothing and everything. And the only thing that fit us was a hat. That's it. We, we end up coming home with so many hats. We got so excited. We bought hats for our families and we got hats for ourselves. But everything else literally was just window shopping. And we just had to look with our eyes. It just didn't fit. Nope. Shein also has a really cool feature on the site called Flash Sales. I think this is something that's, that is becoming more and more popular. If you ever experience Amazon Prime Day, when they have all those discounts going on, that, you know, like when you, they're trying to sell things quickly, give you a bunch of discount. They have something similar with like a countdown. And if you go there, you can get really, really big discount up to like 83% or more. I've seen some amazing discount on it. So this is another feature that they have on the site. Other than that, it's a typical website on the front end. You'll see a bunch of different products, everything from makeup, apparel to home items. But behind the scene, this is where the genius 
is done. And then it's just the thing that really, really got our attention. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back right after the break. This episode was brought to you by the share button. The easiest appreciation you can give without spending your money. The share button helps us reach more people and grow our audience. So if you know someone who might enjoy this podcast, use the share button and share the caring effect. Every share helps. Hey guys, welcome back. So Shein has built a reputation in China, a really good reputation about uh, how they make the product, how they work with people, to the point that all the suppliers in the city where they originally started in end up moving to a different town with them. They're like a desired company to work for and under. They're completely revolutionary and it's completely unheard of in the Chinese apparel industry. They question everything that they knew about uh, supply chain and how to work with people in the business and you approach it from a first principles perspective and just challenge how things should be done, how people should work, challenge the quality of the product and actually end up creating a list of suppliers that they don't want to work with because of the quality. And another point I was mentioned in the article was that they actually paid people on time. I wasn't aware that it was a problem in China, but apparently that was one of the major reasons why a lot of people in China love to work for Shein. They up the bar for the standard and the quality because they're like, oh, what if we actually pay our suppliers on time? And what if we pay them after 30 days instead of 90 days? And what if we gave them lots of training and support like we would our own Shein employees? I know often time we think about a Chinese manufacturer and we start wondering like, how do they create such product at such a low price? And I know we, we haven't even talked about the price, by the way, because the price in Shein are really cheap. For example, for top you can pay $7 for dresses. You can pay $12 for jeans, $17 for coat, $28. And of course, those are women clothing because men clothing, I don't know why in general, just get way more expensive. But I'm pretty sure that even on Shein, you can find men clothes at a cheaper price. So when people see that the company is making clothes at such a cheap price, the first thing that they start wondering is that how are they treating the employees? And surprisingly, they're treating the employee really well. I think maybe one of the things that might be the reason why they're doing such a good job is because they care, because they control their own production chain from design to prototype to procurement to manufacturing. And they also know that if they're supporting all the people who are working with them, that everything's going to flow better and more efficiently. And if people are have money to eat and pay their rent, they're going to be less stressed out and they're going to be more present at work and they're going to be happy and excited to come to work. They understand a lot more than a lot of other companies, let's just say. And they're doing really well. And I think that may be the time for us to share some mind-blowing facts about the company. So that's the part where we talked about numbers. Shein made $10 billion in revenue in 2020. They've grown over 100% for each of the past eight years. Wow. Right? So they've reportedly exceeded a $15 billion valuation on the last round. And they were ranked number one in the iOS app store shopping category for 56 countries. So one of their secret little tricks, as you might call it or whatever, was that they really, really utilize TikTok. So because TikTok is all about little movies and like promotions and like wearing different outfits and stuff, they they like got these influencers on board to use their clothes and they would actually pay them. I think it was like something 
something like starting at 10% to 30%. Yeah, they had something similar to Fashion Nova, right? Fashion Nova is, was really well known for having like an impressive social presence. But because we've never heard about Shein, it's hard to tell if Fashion Nova was inspired by Shein or if Shein inspired Fashion Nova. I found some really amazing facts about the quality of the marketing. So apparently Shein was one of the first apparel companies to use social media influencers as early as 2011. And that's often attributed to Fashion Nova. This is why I say it's really hard to tell which one came first. Mm -hmm. Because in the US, they tend to ignore Chinese company. Even when they are innovating in the space, way more than Western company. They were one of the first early adopters of Pinterest, which became their top source of traffic during 2013 and 2014. It seems that they always kind of like early. And then also with TikTok, their marketing was so successful that it became the most talked about brand on TikTok in 2020. So you combine their amazing ability of doing a marketing with the experience of the CEO with search engine optimization. And what do you get? You get one of the best marketing strategy in the business. Yeah, it's all over the place. Where even if you're on like something like the New York Times, you can see a Shein ad or something, right? They're just ready and available. Just to give some context, guys, we were looking at their social presence. And on TikTok, for example, Shein has 1.8 million followers, while Fashion Nova has 2.3 million followers. Here's a surprising fact. Zara only has 132,000. So they're doing a much better job than Zara on social media. On Instagram, that was also very surprising because on Instagram, Shein Official has 20.4 million followers and Fashion Nova has 20.2 million followers. So they have more followers than Fashion Nova on Instagram. Which is crazy because I'm totally aware of Fashion Nova. I've bought from Fashion Nova. I like scour Fashion Nova here and there and I and I tell my friends about it. But you've never heard about Shein, right? I've seen Shein, but I've never bought from it. So I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to get these little red bathroom carpets. <laughs> no, not red, yellow. Yellow bathroom carpets. To be fair, even though I'm like a, a like a avid shopper and I love shopping, I'm not a huge online shopper. I do like Fashion Nova because I do trust their pants. Like I really like Fashion Nova for their pants and their velvet jogger suits. And I know my size and I feel confident when I'm buying them that it's going to fit me. Whereas I do not have luck when I don't try on clothes. Like I have a long torso and I'm long and I'm tall and like nothing fits, let alone like generally speaking, an Asian brand because my sizing just isn't like I don't trust that it'll fit me. We've experienced that when, yeah, when we're I've in China, that. when we're in Japan, every time we try to close, we're like... And even if they're amazing and they're yeah. cute and everything like that, beautiful clothes, I, I just don't know. I'm not fully confident that they'll fit me. And then I'll feel like I wasted my money and I'll have to send it back and I'll have to spend money to send it back and then I just avoid it. Okay, so now that you've been through the app and then that, that you experience, you know, uh, how it is and all the items that they have, older than the, the bathroom uh, curtain that you want to get, like, what's the other thing that caught your attention i was actually looking at bedding stuff so you can get cute sheets or like cute like colors or like little bedding covers and with like little pom-poms on them and i was like i was harding them so they're in my save file i'm so surprised you didn't actually look at dresses or like you know clothing and all this stuff i did a bit but like i said i have a hard time trusting online brands like i really do so they have to win me over but i did read though that don't they offer free returns for your first time buyer they do yeah just so you can get like a little bit of a grasp you can kind of understand how they fit and if that's your size or not and then you can kind of change so now did you see that they actually have dog supplies i saw but i couldn't find it because i was looking for the pet 
clothing and all that, but I wasn't successful yet. I just need a few more minutes to get really into it. Yeah, they have anything from like dog supplies to makeup. clothes. I was like, that's what I really wanted to look for the dog stuff. I'm like, oh, they have cute little dog clothes. Yeah, personal care, you know, where you can get stuff for your nails. Yeah. Me personally, I didn't see anything that I was uh, directly interested in, but I did see that they do cater to different type of audiences. When you look at the models on the page, you can see that they're targeting an American audience. You know, you see people from all races, from all shape and sizes. I think they actually have like a session for more curvy women as well, which mm -hmm. I was really surprised because I, I know when I was in, in Asia, that's the last thing I will imagine seeing in a store, like curve sizes. Plus like, size, plus yeah. Plus size, yeah. So I was really surprised when I saw that they actually have all those items, which show even more that they're actually catering to this type of audiences. Yeah. And still, like, I'd have to see it to believe it and try it, not even just see it. I have to try it on to believe it, to see if it would actually fit me. But... That being said, like when I was going through briefly through the clothing, they did do a good job of like kind of understanding what I would like after a few moments because I, I pressed accept. I said, yes, you can see where I look and all that, whatever that's called. What is it called? The algorithm, you mean? You know, when you allow them to, to follow you and check what you're oh, doing. You mean when they're tracking your, your behavior and stuff like that? Yeah. The, the cookies. Yeah, the cookies. I said yes because you told me that was actually just to help them understand and I, I knew from this experience for the shopping specifically that that would help me as well because it would just quicken the time that it would take for them to know what I like. Most people are usually worried about their privacy, but what I don't understand is that when an app developer asks for having access to like cookies, it's for storing temporary inf information that allow them to track different behavior on the side and stuff like that. And this type of information can actually make the shopping experience better for you. So I don't understand why someone will be against it because it's not necessarily going against the privacy. It's just trying to make and build a better experience for them with the product. And when you explained that to me um, the other day, mm -hmm. I... I was like, oh, because I didn't know that before. And I think most people don't know that. So yeah. when you explain that to me, that's what caused me to be like, I will say yes to the cookies. Yeah, because the first thing they think is like, oh, they're going to go sell my data or Facebook going to sell my data. But, but that, again. yes, but that being said, I did read an article that they recently were like kind of broken into or like whatever hacked in and people who get access to that have access to all the information then but that's different because the information when they get hacked that people get access to is probably more in the database in the back end side or whatever but the cookies just doesn't really have anything to do with that the cookies oftentimes is used for for tracking for example facebook has a tracker that most companies that want to track their user across multiple websites they will go on Facebook and have the Facebook tracker on their website. So if you're logged in with your Facebook account and you go on another website, then that website will know that, oh, you've been interested in two different type of brands. Then they will know what to advertise you, right? But that has nothing to do with the data. By the way, Facebook do not sell data. I keep saying that this is not true. They well, do just, not sell data. It's because people just don't understand, like myself, people might like myself, and they just need to learn that. They don't know. It's like this huge contract. There's like a terms and services or terms and what is it? Terms and agreements that you have to click yes to. And like people just don't know what those huge ass words mean. And then they're worried. But they actually make it so easy for you. They tell you by, you know, by accepting this thing. You're giving this app access to your email or whatever, whatever. They always tell you in a very simple fashion manner. But I guess the problem starts from journalists not truly understanding what's happening behind the scene, making interpretation and making really big headlines. And then next thing you know, people are saying, 
oh, Facebook sold my data. Yeah, when actually it was an app using Facebook that sold the user data, which yeah. is two different things. But those kind of things instill fear because it's the unknown to most people. There's just a lot of personal opinion on this one. So it's, it's hard to explain it to people. But to get back to the Shein thing. So, so Shein overtook Amazon as the most installed shopping app in the US. So the reason they're kind of like in comparison right now is because TikTok did that about a year ago. And that was like a huge, exciting thing. And now to see another app do this, even though it's e-commerce, it's kind of cool and exciting. You know how I will call them? I will probably call them fashion 2.0 because that's the next level of fashion. It's completely digitized. And I think that a lot of businesses are going to turn toward it because this is going to disrupt the entire space. It literally, I like was singing. I'm like, this is like the Jetsons again, all this new stuff. And literally, you just think it, you could push a few buttons and then they'll make it for you. Yeah. You might get to the point how, you know, like how sometimes you browse the web and you see like an ad that is like literally targeted to you. What if you end up browsing the web and there's literally a package showing at your door? And that's like your perfect jeans. Yeah, <laughs> which it would be amazing because jeans, the perfect jeans are so hard to find. And that, okay, that's, this is another note. So Fashion Nova, the style and the fit and the, sh the feel of the jeans is amazing. But they're darn tootin' zippers. They keep breaking. Not only do they break, but worse, they unzip. So you're like feeling all cool and sexy in your little Fashion Nova jeans. And they're like enhancing all your curves. And then all of a sudden you look down and they're, you're wide open. And you just look like a nerd. Everybody looks so vulnerable and so nerdy and uncool with an unzipped <laughs> jean. I always have that problem. Yeah. My, yeah. Oh, no, no, I, know. <laughs> I know, but at least with guys, you generally your shirts are a little bit longer, so it kind of cover that situation. What is even Whereas worse? Girls kind of tuck in their shirts these days and it's exposed and you can see your underwear or you're like a roll of chubby tub tub. As a guy, your thing is literally exposed. Your thing of a jig? Yeah, yeah, it's literally exposed. Think about it. No, but you're wearing undies or your brookies. Yeah, but then you see the shape, like kind of like poking outside of your zipper or something. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. But anyway, so I I get annoyed by the zipper. Like, how much would it cost to just put just up the quality of the zipper just a little bit? Because that that makes them unwearable. Like I'm constantly using safety pins to keep my zipper in place. It's annoying. Yeah, well, I think the the next person that invent a solution for that is going to be the next biggest billionaires because well, there are there's good quality and mediocre medium zippers. No, that I'm not stay talking up. about the zipper. I'm talking about fixing broken zipper. Yes, you yeah. know what I mean because yes, there's already a lot of clothes out there that already have that problem, and you're not going to be able to fix that problem for all those clothes. Yes, you could create the best zipper, but that doesn't mean that all those companies are going to buy it, right? So yeah. by creating a fix for the problem, then you enable consumer to fix the problem on any garment that they own. Yeah, I agree. It's really good to like try to fix what you have and like keep wearing it till you can't anymore. But the thing with zippers is they're in a very tedious place to to rip <laughs> out and reinsert and re-sew. Like it's, it's very tedious. Like they should have just from the very root of it, Fashion Nova, if I was like famous, I would like make a tweet and I'd be like, Fashion over, fix your zippers. You know what I mean? Just like figure this situation out. It's not that hard. Well, you should tweet to them now. You don't have to be Nobody, famous. I have like two followers on Twitter. Nobody cares. I don't think they'll look at it. They'll just look at it because you're mentioning their brand and you're complaining. And then they might look at it and then the support team might respond to you and be like, this is something we're working on. It's been a while. Are you sure that there's like zippers that just work the whole time? Because I feel like 
Yeah, like just, Levi's. My jeans are Levi's, for example. I feel like it just gets worse over time. My worst zipper problem is with my two Levi's jeans. Okay. I wonder if it has to do with the jean being stretchy too. I don't know. Because technically the zipper, like the whole concept of the zipper is, so you know the little thing that you hold on, the wiggly thing, then you yeah. zip up? So when you fold that down, it's supposed to essentially lock in place and hold the zipper there. So Fashion Nova oh. jeans, zippers, they don't lock. They don't it doesn't lock. lock. Whereas when you lift the thing up again, then it, you should be able to unzip it. Technically speaking, that's how a, a good zipper should work. They should just add button to it. Zipper and the button. Just in case you break the zipper, then you have the button. Like a little clip, yeah. Yeah, like a clip. But I, I was thinking, if they invent like a little pin that you can put there, then you just solve the problem. Yeah, a pin would be good too. But like currently I use a safety pin, but that's kind of annoying and a hassle when you're like trying Oof, to... If you're that's pee very and dangerous. It is. Yeah. You can open up. Can you imagine? I would have like a heart attack if something happened with, with that there. To your precious. <laughs> but anyway, so any I don't know how Shein zippers are or how their jeans are. I am curious, but I don't know what it's going to take to like kind of like cause me to launch and make a purchase as far as the clothing goes. Possibly I could buy a little tank top. That seems like a shoe in I'm going to guess that you're going to be one of those people on Twitter that starts writing, I'm addicted to Shein because you just love your cheap deals. I really do. But you know what? Actually, since like this whole COVID thing too, and like when you really, re when you realize you don't need anything, like obviously I love cute clothes and like making fun impressions that are new and fashion forward. But like, I realized I don't really need any of this stuff. And also like, I really don't like cheap quality anymore. I'm over it. <laughs> I want to like make a difference and I I watched this like crazy documentary about the fast fashion industry and I realized what a detrimental impact it has on this earth and it and it's it's sad and I don't want to like contribute to that like I I can contribute a little bit here and there but like I don't want to like be gluttonous you know yeah, I wouldn't say that you buy fast fashion because oftentimes you you just find like the best deal in stores that are have like used clothes or stuff like that like trip shopping right yeah I I thrift a lot and that's the thing I think consciously I even want to thrift even more or make my own clothes because even Zara is fast fashion and it's so bad for the environment and this kind of stuff is like bothering me more and more and more as I get older and like just appreciate quality and like taking care of the earth and all that kind of stuff so i have been consciously trying not to like get sucked into it all even though it is exciting and it's fun to snoop zara used to be one of my favorite brands. i always love to like go to the store and find some of the new clothes but again like we're, we're talking about like they, they don't last right they just built for a season or something yeah but that being said they are better quality than fashion nova or some of these online stores i've yet to see an online purchase that i've made for clothing that is like wow really good quality i from, don't from see fast it. fashion yeah i'm the type of person like i said before i'm an in-store shopper i like to see it i like to feel it i like to touch it and really get a grasp of if it's gonna last or not and if it fits <laughs> so anyways there is a lot more to talk about with Shein, but we're gonna let you guys do your own research if you're interested because we could just be chatting about this for hours so we're gonna share links in the description below the links to the article that we read which was very very interesting by the way took us a long time to read it this but it was article, worth it anyone who's in the fashion industry needs to read this article because it's interesting what he's doing what this company's doing Shein is like they're breaking boundaries and they're revolutionary in the article it was really in the the entire space in detail talking about the difference between 
uh, Sheen and other companies and the West, how they're doing it. It really goes behind the scene. I really recommend you guys to read the full article. It's definitely going to give you much more context around what we talked about. This entire episode was based on what we read in the article and a couple of research that we've done on the site. And there's also a lot of graphs. He makes it very visual so you can see past, present, future all this kind of stuff and interesting like facts and all that kind of stuff so yeah. yeah if you're interested check it out so yeah and then today is the last episode of the season and then we thought that that would be interesting to cover such an interesting topic yeah we were very excited to investigate Sheehan and on our last episode of the season so yeah we're excited too because this is it's an exciting it feels good yeah. we finished the season 16 episodes one episode every single week i can't wait for season two already so we'll be back so we're gonna have about a two-week break just so that we can like kind of like join voices and like come up with new ideas well actually we've already come up with these new ideas we're pretty excited but we're going to implement them and we will be back with a fury in two weeks yes it's gonna give us some time to create some content especially for tiktok and twitter which we're really excited about and yeah i already can't wait for season two thank you guys for being a supporter of this podcast and we appreciate it so much and we enjoy being with you every saturday or whichever day you listen and we'll see you guys on the next season of 5050 tech Flix. see you next season that was 5050 tech Flix. if you have any questions or suggestions about the show you can follow us on Twitter at 5050TechFlix. Thank you for listening and welcome to the TechFlix Squad.